Look on one and all to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition, not to be confused with the live edition, which I hope you guys checked out. Um, James and Carly did an awesome job, and uh, I don't know if there are plans to post it or if they've already posted it somewhere. I uh, think they're recording. they're recording. They they tried to record it and it didn't didn't work. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a shame. Hey, um, it's live. You're supposed to live. Show, you're supposed to show up. <laughs> Well, I don't know if or when we'll do another live, um, but uh, it was a really great event. I know uh, Johnny and I were there. Uh, I I won unofficially, <laughs> by the way. Uh, I did not. I I had a couple. <laughs> I had got a couple of points. I had a couple of uh, very close misses. Like I think for Wind Waker, I guess Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. Hey, you know. No, no. It was an easier game. But it was fun. You know, it's good songs. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Thanks again to Carly and James for doing that. They really did a good and, job, uh, and that is yeah, it was hard to do, as they discovered. That it is oh, yeah. really quite, especially the first time. I think they did a great job, especially Absolutely. for not having ever done it before, because that is. I, I told James, it, it's like you feel like you have to be Doctor Octopus to do live radio trivia. I mean, you're managing <laughs> so many things at the same time, and and all and all the interaction as well with the audience and trying to keep. Right. It's it's tough. I mean, it's really a tough thing to do. They did a good job. For for those who don't understand the complexity, you're dealing with a stream that you're doing live that may cut out at any time. You're dealing with PMs that are people's guesses that you have to consolidate, not delete any guesses before you've taken them down or anything. And and you're also interacting in the chat room and and then speak to and and try to adjust for the lag. Right, you're trying trying to avoid dead air and you're keeping score. And by the way, you have to play some music. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, it's tough. It's a tough job. Yeah. So, but they did a great job. Um, yes. So, and and uh, I don't know when the contest ends. There's a contest for uh, those who did listen. The drawing is is over. It's over. It's over. There's a winner. There's a yes. winner. Oh. I forget who James said won, but it, it's over. Uh, okay. <laughs> never mind. Let's go on to game one for a podcast edition. Yay. so funny I don't know I'm, I'm trying to figure out what system this is for
intriguing. Hmm. By the way, I don't know any of the games on this on this episode. None. That's right. Uh, Johnny's completely in the dark on these. Um, so I'm not sure if I've played this or not, but I like that. I especially like the second song there. Well, here's a question that might help you. I'm not sure. Um, so a mini game in this title is actually a cameo for which video game franchise? Johnny. Well, that was a really cool song. I mean, that sounded like something from Orbient. It's not, but um, I don't think you would play something from Orbital because it never came out right. uh, outside Japan. Right. Um, and I know Orbient's music well enough to know that's a little too rich uh, mm-hmm. for Orbient. I mean, based on your trivia question, actually, the only thing I could think of in terms of a cameo of a different franchise is like Legend of the Mystical Ninja, when you can play those levels of Gradius. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, That's you're not... not a... I mean, obviously, it's not Legend of the Mystical <laughs> Ninja. So I'm going to guess, based on 
the style of music and the the technical level of it, I, I'm going to go with, let's say, Nemesis for Game Boy. Oh, for the Game Boy? Uh, no, uh, you're definitely uh, kind of thinking of the right sort of game, not the right genre, but... Um, <laughs> so I chose this game because it came up uh, while you were riding around in my car uh, during E3. <laughs> okay. And uh, this, I have one or two songs from, from this particular game on, on my iPod. And uh, I said, oh, this is from the Metroid uh, Virtual Boy game. And Donnie's like, there's no Metroid game for Virtual Boy. And uh, he's right, this is not a Metroid game. But there is a Metroid cameo in this game. Uh, this is Galactic Pinball for the Virtual Boy, uh, also known wow. as Space Pinball, uh, I think, in Japan. And uh, it, it's, uh, well, there's a song named Gumpoy's Voyage. I mean, it's, it's made by that team. <laughs> uh, the minigame in particular, you turn in, your ball turns into Samus's ship, and uh, like the, like the, one of the opening songs from, from Super Metroid starts playing. And uh, and so I mean it's a blatant whatever I think it even has like the, the S logo and everything, um, so it's it's like a very obvious uh, cameo, and uh, but it's a pinball game and it's set in wow. space so it sort of makes sense to have that cameo. I guess I was right um, to wonder what system this is. Yes, on. this is like a supercharged <laughs> Game Boy. <laughs> right, that's exactly what I was thinking. Even with the first song, I was like. The, the instruments sound like Game Boy, but the composition sounds a little too complex for a Game yeah, Boy game. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it was an 8-bit sound card or technically a 16-bit uh, sound chip or, or what, because it was a 32-bit system. Um, you know, Neil would be the expert yeah. on this. He's the, he's the published author on Virtual Boy. I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, this game, you know, it's a pinball game, and I kind of consider it the precursor to Metroid Pinball just in that sense. I think there are a lot of Metroid people who work on Metroid games that were involved in this. I mean, the composer was Kenji Yamamoto, who's done a lot of the Metroid music. So, I mean, there's definitely some pedigree there. Uh, so I'd love to try this game if it weren't on a system that hurt my eyes. Um, Kenji Yamamoto, I believe, is also making some music for Donkey Kong Country Returns. Oh, that'd be cool. Because he's worked with Retro yeah. Studios in the past, so, of course. Cool. Well, uh, I, you know, I'm really hoping that... Uh, Nintendo is willing to uh, give Virtual Boy a, a chance in some sort of... I mean, we've talked about it before, doing a virtual console for, for 3DS. Um, and I think this would be a really good pick for such a system, uh, such a service. I would totally download it if they... Yeah. I mean, based on the music alone and the Metroid cameo, and I like pinball anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm game. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it's... I think it's a relatively bare-bones pin, pinball game, but, you know, it has the 3D effect going for it. And, uh... I don't know. I mean, it has good music. Definitely has good music. And it's set in space. So, it's got that... Which makes everything better, as we know. Yep. And there's no bias coming from Johnny whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know anything about space. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, so... I don't know. I never played the game before. Unfortunately, I never had the opportunity uh, to do so. But, um... Yeah, I, I, I'm very curious about this game. I mean, it, it's clearly one of the uh, more prominent Virtual Boy games, if if you can say they're a prominent Virtual Boy game. I mean, there's Wario Land for the Virtual Boy, and, and this is the only game that pops to my head. I guess there's that Mario Brothers game. There's a Mario Clash. Mario, I, I don't Mario know what Clash. That is. I think it's like based on, inspired by the original Mario Brothers game. Um, yeah, uh, shows you how much I know about the Virtual Boy. I didn't own one. Uh, 
But we're gonna go on to the second game now. I, I think I think there's nothing more we can say. But if you've played Galactic Pinball and you want to tell us more about the Metroid cameo or uh, how the game differs from other pinball games, please uh, go into the talkback for this episode and let us know. We I look up some information for these games that some people have played them, and and it's always fun to to read more about these games. Yeah, so. I'd like to hear more about it. Yeah. All right. Second game. Chrono Trigger before, right? I'm neither going <laughs> to confirm nor deny that. Well, at least I know which uh, developer this is from. Pretty sure.
All right. Well, here's your question, Johnny. I don't think those two songs were from the same game. All right. <laughs> Which weapon always deals 777 damage? So, Johnny, uh, you know I'm fucking with you, so yes, you what are. game is this? <laughs> um, it sounds distinctly like a Squaresoft game from the Super Nintendo era. I've played most of those, at least the ones that were localized, and I don't recognize it specifically. Um, I'm going to go, actually, with an Enix game that I played but barely remember called RoboQuest. Oh, Johnny, this is the last game you reviewed. This is Chrono Trigger for the DS. <laughs> and those... <laughs> so the, so there are a handful of songs that I guess were composed Bastard. for the PlayStation. <laughs> They're composed for the PlayStation version. That My favorite game of all time, and you stole me on I mean, I know the soundtrack for Chrono Trigger pretty well, but... So, so the first two songs were... were additional composition for the PlayStation version. They appear after you've beaten the game on the DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they show up randomly in the menu system. They, they play them in the background of the menu system. Uh, or you can access them on the sound test. The third song was, I, I believe, originally composed for the uh, original SNES game, uh, Singing Mountain. And, and it was unre- an unreleased track, but uh, it, I don't know if it was on the ROM or if it came out on like soundtracks that came out in Japan. But there have been remixes of, of that song for quite a while, uh, you know, on OC Remix and things like that. Um, I mean, and it all, appeared. All three um, of the songs were great. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, obviously, I pretty much knew where it was going. I was like, this can't yeah. be Chrono Trigger, because one, I'm pretty sure we've used it before, and two, I would recognize it. It was like the first episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's well done, sir. I applaud you, <laughs> really. And, and uh, in my defense, I often play DS games with the sound off just because of where I am. For instance, right now, right. I'm playing DS with the sound off. And I remember right. when I played... Much of the time I spent playing Chrono Trigger DS, I was on a family vacation actually over Christmas with my family, and uh, you know I was in the car or I was in the whatever. Often had the sound down, you know. So right. Mm. Well, uh, the, the DS game um, is, is very faithful to the, the original game. Certainly, <laughs> um, probably too faithful, but you know whatever. So there are a couple of extra areas that uh, were. I, developed by, I guess. Yeah, they're not worth getting excited about. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, who did the port? It was, it was, um. I don't remember. It's a brownie Oh, brown God. I'm blanking out on the name. It's the Ninja Team. It's, um, you hear about them all the time. Come oh, on. Tose. I, Tose, okay. thank you. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tose did the conversion. And, uh, so they, they invented a, a couple of kind of remix levels that mm-hmm. are, uh, actually kind of tedious. They are um, not that. Yeah, they're not that good. <laughs> so, so one of them actually has that third song. In it. I mean, I played through them like five times, but come on, I was reviewing it also. <clears throat> I just, I would still highly recommend Chrono Trigger on DS. I mean, it is the oh. easiest way to get it, it's the most affordable way to get the game, even now. Um, I it just, they would have been just as well served by throwing it on Virtual Console. I mean, it's a, such a straightforward port that is it is it worth having it portable? I, not really for me, you know. I it's not a long game. I, I so agree. I, I would just as soon be able to play it on my <laughs> Wii for eight dollars. But you know, Square yeah. they like to make their money. So right. Well, uh, as well as the level design being a little tedious for the for the bonus areas, and they're not terrible. It's just they they feel a little bit they're inconsistent with the rest of the oh, game. Yeah. Is maybe the way to put it. And there's nothing new there. Right. Well, they do have our weapons that and equipment that I don't want to say it breaks the game but it makes it so that you don't have to go through as many iterations of to get super powerful characters which in a way maybe is a good thing I don't know um, so one of them is uh, Meryl's weapon which is the Venus bow which always deals 777 regardless of anything basically that's so, weird because well you could maybe I guess that's you know the highest amount of damage you can do is 999 and I guess but there are, there are enemies that under normal circumstances you can't damage until you do something. Oh, right, or you only do one or something. Yeah, and, and you can always hurt them with this. Oh, okay. Oh, that's pretty useful yeah, then. So. Yeah, I mean, Meryl's, she's she's not Marl. She's not a uh, she's not a physically powerful character. She's more of a magic user. So I guess that's right. probably a pretty good damage for her anyway. I mean, actually, I was thinking with Isla, if you get her... St- like strength and her level up to star star which is 100 basically um you you can get her to do i think she can do 9999 on most enemies Mm -hmm. yeah anyway with her with her bare hands (laughs) yeah and ds game is a little bit nice that it's a little easier to to go after the the alternate endings because of um you know these extra items and uh and it kind of helps you keep track of them like after you beat the game, there's kind of a menu of which endings you've already seen and play them at a time. I, I don't think I've seen every ending, but I've seen most of them. Um, Some of them are hard to get. Well, I, I know I've gotten the one that's like right out the start where you only have two characters. 
that one's a bitch. It is tough, yeah. I mean, you have to... Period, it's a bitch. You kind of have to play through the game a couple of times to build your characters up, up enough, and even then, it's pretty difficult. And it's it's just sort of tedious, because you have one less person, and so you can't deal as much damage. And um, Right. Yeah, I've, I've done it maybe once. I mean, suffice it to say, if you've never played Chrono Trigger, you really should. It, I think not only is it arguably the, the best RPG ever made, certainly the best Japanese RPG ever made, I also think it's extremely accessible and is a great RPG for people who normally don't like RPGs. Agreed. It was probably one of my first RPGs that, that I got into. Um, you know, it was probably my third RPG. Like Mario RPG was probably my first. So... Um, it's a beautiful game too, and it looks really good on the DS. Sure. I mean, it really does. It looks good so, on anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a Akira Toriyama art, so you know all the characters look look like kind of like an alternate reality Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Um, the story's really good. The music is just spectacular. I mean, really, 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 really good music. Every everything about that game, I love. <laughs> Part of the formula usually is grinding and and tracking the experience and this is really just sort of a tight package it's almost paced like a platformer or something um, in terms of it just keeps going it has a it has a quick start and it really to me it never lets up every now and then it will open up and give you a few places to explore but you never you're never really unsure of what to do next and the game just never slows down you always feel like you're just ready to, to move on to the next thing there's, yeah. there's basically one area in the entire game where you might want to grind to pick up a couple extra items, but they're totally optional. That's and that. you can always get them on the next go-around. Right, and, that, and that's the, the hunting grounds, which is very late in the game anyway, and you know a lot of people probably don't even bother. Uh, our last and final opportunity to talk about Chrono Trigger on this, <laughs> on this podcast. Well, you know, <laughs> if they ever remake Radical Dreamers or something like that. Wasn't that like a text-based game? Yeah, though? well... I mean, Chrono Cross is sort of a remake of Radical Dreamers anyway, but anyway, I, I don't claim to be an expert on Radical Dreamers. It was a, it's like a Satellaview game. It's, it's right. fucked up. It's a, it's a really strange game, and, and yeah, you can go read about it if you're curious. It's kind of like a pseudo-sequel to Chrono Trigger, but not really. Some people will see it as a really tight correlation but it's it's kind of forced i know that they added another ending to this version or maybe the playstation version of the game um that's on this ds version that supposedly ties the two together but yeah that's that's backwards <laughs> that's it's called retconning yes all right with that we're going to go on to a request a listener request so funny. <laughs> you stopped that rather quickly. 
<laughs> that was like two loops. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's normal. Okay. <laughs> I think I know the developer of this now. <laughs> so here's your question. Uh-huh. So uh, this is really a lame question because I couldn't think of anything else to ask. What is your primary weapon? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Johnny. That's got to be a Capcom game. I don't think so. Really? I mean, yeah. that is some straight up Mega Man ripoff music. Maybe. Yeah. <sighs> I, I mean, based on the question, I think the weapon must be something unusual. I think, like, Power Blade, but I think we've used that. 
um, Shatterhand. I think we've used that. I don't think it's Shatterhand anyway. Um, man. Loving isn't anything exciting, Johnny. Um. Okay. Gun. <laughs> Laser. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's some kind of NES 2D action game. That is true. This, this is this is Rambo for the NES. Oh my God, Rambo! I <laughs> bet that is by... Capcom, actually. I don't know. Well, it's copyright Pack and Video. Um, Pack and Video. Apparently, a Japanese uh, company. And it was published in America by Acclaim, but it came out first in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's sort of a like a, a Zelda two ripoff. Although I don't know well, if the, it... the first song was sounded a lot like Zelda two. Yeah, well, if you look at like the, if you get a vi- watch a video on YouTube, it definitely looks like a poor man's Zelda tune presentation. Yeah, it just has that same side scrolling. You know how like uh, it looks like when you're in a forest in Zelda two, mm-hmm. and you hit a baddie. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of the background looks like for the beginning of the game. Black. Uh, it's black Solid in the background, black. but <laughs> well, no, no, they're like trees and stuff. It's actually a decent looking game. Uh huh. Um, and it, it, your primary weapon's a knife. Never, it's Rambo. Okay. Yeah. And um, and I've only saw, I think he gets arrows or throwing knives. But I'm sure later in the game you must get a gun. You must. I mean, it, it sounds kind of interesting, especially um, J- Japanese licensed games from that era are often pretty good, actually. Yeah, it has a good presentation. I, some of the comments I saw made it out to be that it has bad gameplay. Oh. It, it looks like the real problem with it is that the level design is really confusing. It's like there are a lot of areas and they're connected by um, there's sides going left to right, just like in Zelda 2. But then they're connected by little, they're not quite doors, but it's like you're going in and out of the screen is kind of what they're trying to go for. So you go north or south. But it's disorienting because you don't actually see the travel just sort of go into a door kind of a phenomenon. So it's really easy to, to get lost and, and there's really no direction as to where you're supposed to go. I so want to say I've played a Rambo circles. game on NES, but it might have been Rambo 3. Oh, I didn't realize there was more than one Rambo game. Yeah, um, there, there definitely is. The weird thing is my parents never would have let me watch Rambo when I was that little. I've seen Rambo fairly recently, and I think it's it's an awesome movie. I haven't, I've only seen the first one, but it's really, really good. The first I one's don't... really, really good. This game's actually based on the second one where he goes to Vietnam. Oh, um, okay. That explains because... the jungle. <laughs> Well, it, he's kind of it was in a forest in the first one, but well, yeah, but like Rambo was sort of the bad guy in in the first one in a way. He was sort of the antagonist, sort of. Well, you have a very different reading on that film than I do, sir. <laughs> uh, you know, to be fair, I didn't see the beginning of the film. Okay. okay. Um, I I saw it maybe halfway to the end, um, which probably does distort your picture of. What yes, happened. I would. Yes, uh, I think so. <laughs> Anyway, um, I, it's funny because a lot of the game, at least in the beginning, is him fighting snakes and bees that are in his way. <laughs> so it's like so an he's MMO. not quite the ba- <laughs> he's not he's, he's not quite the badass. There isn't quite the body count going on there that mm-hmm. you would expect. I, I think later on, when you get to the the camp and you're rescuing the the you know the hostages, the prisoners of war. Once um, you unlock the cybernetic boomerang and the <laughs> the robotic fists, the level, level design isn't that complex, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> In fact, I think the speed run, I didn't watch it all, 
but I, I watched a little bit of a speed run. And I think it was like 18 minutes long, so I think it's a short game. Sure. If you if you don't know what you're doing, right? It's a lot longer. That's a, yeah. That's <laughs> typical of a lot of NES games. You can yeah. go th- go through them really fast if you know what you're doing. Yeah. But uh, you know, requested by Sergeant Foster, who uh, maybe his first request for the for podcast edition. The first sure. first one I remember hearing, and yeah, <laughs> a funny choice for yeah. the, the military <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Posted in in your old haunt of Okinawa. That's right. You should have hung out with him when you were there. I don't think I knew he existed until about two months after I left. Yeah, it's too bad. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, the next game is also a listener request. So uh, if you have your own request, you can email me at typ at nintendoworldreport.com or uh, fill out the form that's linked in uh, every episode of our podcast uh, on the story page. You can click on a link, and it'll go to a forum, and you can uh, email me your request that way as well. So uh, keep them coming, guys. And uh, here is Game 4, requested by Zoltan. was a weird song every time i thought it was looping it would actually come back with like a weird variance on (laughs) on what it had been doing before that's a good song
You're sure that was from the same game? Yes. Yes. I know, there's been a lot of that this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're really trying to mess with me. You really are. I, I am. I, I am. I, I like to play mind games with Johnny, uh, in case you haven't figured this out. Why is the first person you fight during the tutorial out for revenge? Guess Gunstar Superheroes. Gunstar Stupor, Stupid Heroes. Uh, Superheroes. Superheroes. Yeah. Not Stupid Heroes. Was, was, wasn't that like on the GBA? Yeah. No, I know this is really confusing. Um, this is No More Heroes 2. Desperate Struggle. Wow. I game that I own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, the first game you own that we <laughs> used this episode. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, my understanding is that there, there are mini games and then the main game. And uh, there are two CDs for the soundtrack, and the first CD is all from like the main game. The second CD is all of, like the mini game stuff. And I like the music from the mini games. I find the main game soundtrack to be fairly intolerable. Yes, I um, I would agree with that from my memory <laughs> of it. Yes. Um, so the, the mini games are, are kind of eight bit ish games, mm-hmm. largely, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I never played this game. I watched you play a little bit of it, of it but uh, uh, not too much. So. Yeah, you're the expert on this, so... Uh, on No More Heroes, too, sure. Yeah. Um, Desperate Struggle. It's a good game. It's definitely an improvement over the first one. It's, it's a little more refined. They took out a lot of the things that were um, not so great about the first game. And, you know, the, the 8-bit stuff is a lot of fun. It's, uh... I, I think some of the same problems with repetitiveness and weird 
a lot, oftentimes seemingly lazy level design are, are, yeah. are still present, but... It seems like it's intentionally lazy level design. That's the weird thing. Sometimes, yeah. I, I, I actually... The, the best parts of the game are where you just go into a level and go straight to the boss. Because the boss fights are generally pretty, pretty good and interesting. And they're challenging. A lot of them are... You, you have to do some unconventional things to win. Um, those are really well designed. When they try to make a level with like normal enemies out of it, yeah, it's not so good. It's it's really kind of bad. Mm -hmm. And the story is you know, insane. I mean, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all. The first right. one didn't either. This one probably makes even less sense. Um, but well, yeah, it, you know. <laughs> so what one thing uh, that the question was getting at was. Um, Kind of, I guess, a tie-in or cameo or allusion to the previous game. Um, I guess the first guy you fight is out to avenge his brother, uh, who, you, who was the tutorial villain for uh, the first game. Oh, really? So uh, instead <laughs> of Hel Helter Skelter was like, I guess, his brother from the first game, and so the brother's name is Skelter Helter. And uh, wow. I, to I mean, I totally missed that connection between the two yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the internet told me so. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I'd call that a tutorial. I guess it kind of is. It's, I would say it's almost like a prologue, but it does explain how to play the game during that. So I guess it is a tutorial. Well, if it's less explicit, then it's a good tutorial. It is, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's a. It's basically a level in a boss fight that you cannot lose, I guess. I want to say that you can't lose it. But anyway, yeah. But one thing that uh, bothers me about this is that it has a, a subtitle of Desperate Struggle. And that seems like a poor subtitle for a Wii game. Um, it's like good it's, for a DS game. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it that there's so much in the habit of coming up with, with subtitles that have acronyms of DS that subconsciously they chose this? Or no, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why they called it that. It's... I assume this game sold pretty poorly. The first one did pretty well, I think. Um, I know it did much better in America than it did in Japan. And the second one, probably the same. I'm not even sure if it came out in Japan, the second one. Oh, well, clearly it was targeted for a Western audience, Johnny. Um, because I... it's just so American. <laughs> I don't know what audience, if any, this game is targeted to. It's yeah. It has such a weird style to it, you know, I... It's not really my cup of tea, the style of the game, but it's interesting, I guess. It's really pop culture mishmash, tacky is probably yeah. a good word for it, you know? Yeah. Um, some people really like it. I, I'm, I like the gameplay, I just wish it was a little, a little tighter, a little more polished, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting game, you can probably pick it up for cheap now. Well, that was, uh, once again, from Zoltan. So thank you, Zoltan. We have one final game here, and we're going to call it an evening, or morning, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> um, so, enjoy.
Now is the time on Sprockets when we dance. Right. This is not Sprockets the game. Some people got that. I got that. I got that, but... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't like the first one? Not as not as much. I see. Well, here's your question then, because because you're just gonna insult my song selections. <laughs> um, which item makes an opponent unable to turn?
So that was the final countdown, right? That was it. That's the last song from the last game. <laughs> um, based on the question, I think this must be a racing game. Okay. And so my guess is Light Tracks, which is the WiiWare conversion of bits of Dot Stream, the Bit Generations oh, wow. title. Does it, no. Does that game even have a soundtrack? It well, the WiiWare version has music. And I remember from watching the trailer that I didn't like it. But oh. that's about all I remember. Yeah, that's one huh. reason I didn't buy that game. But. Huh. Well, no, this is uh, Snowboard Kids for the N64. Wow. It's really European-sounding music. I, I know, and it doesn't sound like something you'd really find in an N64. It, no. It's kind of old school, and in that era, they, you know, they wanted to push forward, not kind of do old-school music like that, but... I mean, you're right. It does have kind of an electronica vibe, but it was mm-hmm. it's it's published by Atlas, and I don't. Yes. Did they develop it too? I don't. I don't know. I don't, mm-hmm. know the I don't remember who developed it. It was it was made in Japan, and there were yeah. two of them. And Atlas brought both over to the U.S. Mm-hmm. I think I played the second one at E3 one year for like. No, that does that make sense? There was a DS game. Oh, the DS one. That's the one I played. Anyway. That's that's my only exposure to Snowboard Kids. Um, I didn't like it at E3, but I didn't know what I was doing. I'd completely forgotten that they even did that game on DS. Yeah. But yeah, there were two for N64, and I know Evan Birchfield's a big fan of Snowboard Kids. He used to always bring it up and talk about how good it was. I, I think it's kind of like Mario Kart, but it, on snowboards. Yeah, it does have that vibe. I was watching a video of it, and and it's yeah, I mean you're racing downhill, but um, they have items. There's whatever the Van Peel equivalents, and and a snowman, which will make it so you can't turn for a while, and uh, some other stuff. And uh, when you get to the bottom of the hill, you take a chair left up and whatever warps you back to the top of the hill, and you, basically another lap. Um, Good so, idea. Yeah, so it uh, it's very much a kart racer without the carts. Yeah, which is kind of a funny. neat idea. I, I like that idea. Um, I don't know how how it compares in terms of mobile design to, uh, to Mario Kart, but uh, it, it seems like it's fun. I mean, it, I don't know how well it <laughs> would hold up if you played it today. But have you ever watched those Mega sixty four videos where they try to bring video games into the real world? Um, I think I've seen one or two of them, but I, I certainly haven't seen one for Snowboard Kids. Is there one for I, Snowboard Kids? No, I probably not. I was just thinking it would be really cool to do a Mega 64 episode on a, at a ski resort on snowboards where you're like, I don't know, using some version of these items on each other. Yeah. Why, and the best part of Mega 64 is like the re- seeing the facial reactions of all the other people who don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. The problem with Snowboard Kids is so obscure that... <laughs> Yeah. It, it, it just wouldn't oh, no. work. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like Mario Kart, you know? <laughs> right. So, but yeah, you know, I don't know if this came out before or after 1080. I mean, they're they're very different games. Um, it, it would have been after. 1080 was okay. very early. Um, but yeah, they're completely different styles. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't really played any snowboarding games besides 1080 because I was kind of turned off by 1080. And uh, not interested in trick games. I've always felt like you need to get on that FFX trip. FFX, SSX, or FFX. Uh, maybe. I, you know, I've always, I've never been interested in, in games that are heavily leveraged on on the trick system, and, and I don't know if that's the case for SSX or not. But 
It is. It, it definitely is. I mean, it's mm. a racing game, but in order to win the race, you have to do tricks. Uh, it's a it's a really good really good trick system. Though. I think we've talked about this before, but I I think we both like a a, a snow based game that was a little more like um, like an actual what you would do on a mountain where you're exploring different trails and having to f- navigate through and, and stuff like that. I think there was right. a, kind of an open world style. Yeah. Wasn't there yeah. some like GameCube mission based game that was set on a ski resort that you reviewed or something? Um, I, I, I remember I reviewed a game called something like Toxic what was that? I, I reviewed this one, I think it was a snowboarding game but it was, it was like extreme. It was a, by acclaim. I don't even remember the name of it now. I reviewed it on this Intech LCD screen for GameCube that I was also reviewing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember playing that damn oh, wow. whatever that game was called. I remember playing it on that tiny little screen sitting on top of my GameCube. Wow. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, no, that's, I, I, that's I, a game I think I the would... closest thing to, to what you and I are talking about is the yeah. closest thing is Whiskey. But whiskey is so abstracted; it's it's so family-fied, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, it it doesn't quite capture what I would want out of yeah. out of a game like that. Yeah. It seems like you could do some sort of I don't know if you could make it an action game per se, but if it was some sort of like adventure game or maybe like something like murder mystery type, like solve a mystery, but you have to, Where you have to go around ski and, from one place to another. Yeah, ski from one place to another. That could be clues. really cool. That could be really that cool. Really could. <laughs> yeah. You should you should make video games, Michael Cole. Uh, well, I, I've never pursued that, so. Uh, anyway, that's my grand idea. Now everyone can can rip it off. Um, it's out there. That and Theremin Hero. That's right. I should have pitched that at Max. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody wants to make those, knock yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not paying your bills after. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so that's the last game of the uh, this episode. Uh, thank you, Johnny, for, for coming back on the show. You are welcome, and, and thank you, sir, for uh, putting together a fine list of games there and stumping the hell out of me for the most part. Yeah, well, you know, this was a series of head games, pretty much. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, well... Uh, like once again, if you got requests, send them my way to UIP at NintendoWorldReport.com. You can check Johnny out on, uh, uh, on Radio about Free five Nintendo. Five different podcasts right now. This is my this is the third podcast I've recorded in three days. Oh God! Oh my God! So you you also have an up and coming uh, movie podcast, right? Oh uh, yeah, I'm on, well. I'm on Box Office Poison. That that runs once a month, and we've done three episodes. We've got another coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, that's over at Crosstalk.com, Carl's uh, website, and I also with a W. Yes, Crosstalk with a W T A W K, and uh, I also just started doing my own podcast for Crosstalk called Discover Music Project, which is it's a music music podcast where we we try to. Uh, introduce each other and the listeners to music that that we might not otherwise listen to or that we we might not know very much about. So it's kind of a music education, but a lot of fun, you know. You actually Um, play songs on on the show? Yes. It's like radio trivia, but you're not trying to guess. (laughs) And it's not video game music. It's it's non-video game music. But uh, yeah, in the uh, the first episode, uh, Mike Sklins did it with me, and it should be up by the time you hear this. 
Good. And I, I edited it myself. It's the first time I've edited a podcast, uh, which was an interesting experience. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited about where that uh, might go, and I hope you will check it out. Don't don't tell Greg that uh, that you're editing podcasts now. Uh, he might actually uh, pawn one off on you one day. Let's just say what I did for this show is far from what Greg does. <laughs> I know. Very far. It might be more akin to what you do for radio trivia, but probably even more rudimentary. Uh, yeah, I know. It's not trivial the editing for this show. For those who aren't aware, um, having to put choose music for the background and splice it all in. Um, so make uh, it sound for me. Creative. Yeah, I'll pat myself on the back. <laughs> um, anyway, we're gonna close up. So thank you very much for listening. Yes, thank you. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye bye. Pinball is copyright 1995 Nintendo Intelligent Systems. Chrono Trigger is copyright 1995 to 2008 Square Enix. Rambo is copyright 1988 Pack and Video. No More Heroes 2 Desperate Struggles copyright 2010 Marvelous Entertainment. Snowboard Kids is copyright 1997 Atlas Ridem. excited to announce that there will be an encore episode of live radio trivia hosted by James Jones and Carly Young. Uh, it worked out so well last time that they want to do another special episode Friday, October 8th at 6 p.m. Now, this is the classic radio trivia format you remember and love, which includes a live stream audio with James and Carly talking live, as well as uh, you guessing and talking with listeners in the chat room. So you can get more details on the Nintendo World Report website. Hopefully I'll see you there. <laughs>